of what's going on at the Riverside campus, but I just didn't come to give a report, but I came to really share what I felt like God impressed on my heart. And I just want to say thanks to, to everybody from the Xenia campus that's been a great support of the Riverside campus. We're one church. Amen. We're not two churches doing two separate things, but we're one church in two locations, all for the same purpose. We're really trying to see the kingdom of God and to advance the work of the Lord. And uh, we can't do that on our own at Riverside. We need your help. We need your support. And uh, man, what a great encouragement it's been. 20 weeks ago when I left here today um, on this journey of beginning this new ministry of a satellite church, um, a lot of new, new in my life. It's been a, a, a tremendous growing time, but it's also been a time of blessing to really see God's hand work in amazing amazing ways, man. And sometimes when you're not stretched, you become very complacent. You become very satisfied. But when God stretches you and he begins to open your eyes up to a new horizon, man, you really begin to see God's hand work in amazing ways. 20 weeks ago, I didn't know what to expect. We were going to go there. We were going to do what we called a soft launch. We took a team of about 12 to 13 members from the Xenia campus over there, and they are a great, great crew. I tell you, I have a lot of fun with them. There are a lot a lot of joy. They are the type of people that would just say, hey, whatever you need me to do, I will do. But I want to give you a little report on that, but I also came to preach. And I just want to share a little bit of something with you. If you have any criticisms or any um, disappointments in my message, during my ministerial study program, one of my professors and one of my preaching teachers was Pastor Mark. So if you have any criticisms or disappointments, I would ask that you would go talk to the teacher and not, not the student. I've grown to really appreciate Pastor Mark and his wisdom and his encouragement. Um, so it's good to have him. You guys have been a huge blessing. I just want to share a little bit about what we've done over the Riverside campus. And uh, just so many times when we come, a lot of the Riverside team doesn't get to see uh, you know, see a lot of you guys from week to week, but I'm here most of the time throughout the week. Get a chance to run into you, man. You're always so encouraging. You're saying, hey, we're praying for you guys. What do you need us to help with? All these things, the food pantry, man, there's a basket out there. Continue to be supportive of that. Uh, during the Thanksgiving time, we were able to give 11 Thanksgiving baskets out to Riverside folks in the community, and that was a huge blessing. We couldn't do that without your help, and we want to continue to uh, give you thanks for that. We had a, a couple of families that were... Uh, helped out for Christmas by some of our small groups, and that was a tremendous blessing, friends. I want to tell you, the area that the church is in is a very compassionate need uh, area. I mean, there's a lot of needs there. There's a very low income, just, man, you name it, it's right in, we're right in the middle of all those types of needs, man. Food, uh, people, man, just looking for jobs, and people going in and out of the jail system and people dealing with drug addictions and all the things that you can think of a neighborhood just kind of going down. We're right in the middle of that. So our ministry, I really feel like we're heading for more of a compassionate needs type of ministry. I mean, we're going to the least of these friends and we're going and we're truly making a difference with your help. Amen. Amen. I want to read a letter to you real quickly. This is from a lady named Lori and she has been at the church for several years. I just asked her to write us a a paragraph of you know what she really thinks of the church. And I asked her to be honest, and I didn't know what to get. I didn't know what to expect. When you ask somebody to be honest with you, and it's an email form, you really don't know what you're going to get. So this is kind of what Lori says. She says she's been proud to be part of the little church, and it's weathered through many storms in the past through many years. But as she reflects on the last past months with the transition 
of the Zinia Nazarene Riverside campus, I am even more proud. It's been such a positive happenings. Um, we went from a church of maybe 20 on a good Sunday to almost filling every other pew, inclu- including three classrooms with children. We went uh, from a church with no music and with no piano player to now having a piano player, two guitar players, and a singer um, that leads in worship. As I walk into the church, I also sense a welcoming fellowship, but I also feel inspired, hope, and a warmth presence of God. Um, it's changed the church dramatically. As I see the light in the children and teenagers' faces and wanting to be in church to participate, the many activities that has brought a new beginning to our church, a new spirit. Pastor Greg and Wendy and all the people who have came have totally been a positive supporting and willing to do whatever it takes, including us, the Riverside Church, and not just being uh, Riverside and Xenia Church, but now being a combined campus. Um, it's been a tremendous blessing. I love Pastor Greg's enthusiasm for the Lord and the way that he tells the message in a way that I can understand. It's been such a blessing. He has made me want to learn more about God, and he is a wonderful pastor, and he has made a great asset to the church. I look forward to the future of the church and what we can do for the community. Romans 8, 28, all things work for the good to them who love the Lord and those who are called to his purpose. Amen. I didn't even have to pay her to say all those nice things about me. <laughs> so, I just want to share just a couple uh, pictures uh, uh, of some of the team. I want to explain a little bit of their responsibilities. This is the Riverside team. As you can see, we're, we're trying to be serious and always ready to represent the Lord. So we're just having a good time and just kind of goofing off a little bit. Karen, if you go to the next, next picture. This is Danny Marissa Casino. Um, you guys remember Danny? He used to play in the, up here in the band. Wait a minute. There, there you go. Keep that right there. Danny and Marissa are part of the praise team. Uh, they also work in the children's, and they will be working on some of our food pantry needs. Next slide. This is Malachi and Ashley Dean. Malachi is currently working with our teens. Ashley is working with our teens. Ashley also works in our children's apartment. She also is part of the praise team. And Malachi helps me on Sunday morning with pastoral prayer, communion, whatever it needs. Malachi has been a huge blessing. Uh, Malachi is actually in the ministerial study program. And he actually preached his first Sunday morning message about two weeks ago and did a great job. So we've been praying for Malachi as he continues to seek God's will for him in the future. Next clip. This is the Hebranks, John and Heather and uh, Abigail. Uh, um, Heather is our children's coordinator. She's kind of taken a big role in our children's church. Uh, she also serves in the nursery. She also serves in the praise team. Uh, Jonathan serves in the nursery and also in the children's, and he also runs our tech, all of our media on Sunday morning as well. Next clip. This is the Vances. This is John and Nancy Vance. They are part of our hospitality team. Nancy makes her coffee and gets all the things going in the morning for us. John is playing, currently playing the bass in the praise band. They've been a huge blessing, and as the um, hospitality team continues to unfold more responsibilities, We'll come to them. Next clip. This is the lads. This is uh, Adam and Sam Ladd. Uh, Sam has kind of taken some responsibility in our nurseries. We have a lot of kids, so there's a lot of needs there. Adam sings on a praise team. He also uh, runs our tech, and they are a great couple, and they're willing to do also whatever it takes. Next clip. This is Eric and Stella. Eric leads our worship on Sunday morning. Stella serves in the nursery, the children's church, and also... Of the praise team, and Eric's been a huge blessing to the Riverside campus. And this is this is my crew right here uh, down below. No, we didn't have two other kids while we were gone. Um, 
This is Shelby and Taylor. They are a couple of our community kids, and they come pretty much every Sunday, and they've been a huge blessing. I mean, they are really, uh, their family don't come. They wake up on Sunday morning, and they're there every Sunday morning. So this is my family. Uh, my wife, Wendy, is amazing, man. She does whatever it takes to make the ministries go. She works in the children's department, praise team, um, janitor, custodian, whatever she needs to do. She really steps up, and I'm really, really blessed to have her as my wife. Next clip. That's the Riverside team. Did you hear anything wrong as I was presenting that? Did you hear all, all the needs and all the responsibilities, but there's just a very, there's very few people doing the work. <laughs> I mean, we have people involved in two or three different types of ministries, and I want to tell you, friends, they're very encouraged and they're very willing to step up and do, do whatever it takes, but I want to tell you, every once in a while it becomes draining. Jesus asked his disciples to pray about something. I want you to stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word in Matthew chapter 9. Starting with the 35th verse. Jesus asked his disciples to pray about something. I always feel and sense that there's a need. It's always a good thing to begin to pray about it. Amen. Just not try to figure it out on your own wisdom and your own strength, but really go to the Lord and invite the Lord in that situation. Uh, Jesus, man, is really, um, at this time in his ministry, man, he's really making a difference. He's just been a part of some great healings and some great uh, mighty works, man, that only Jesus could do. And, uh, man, Jesus senses something, man. Jesus is really at a point to where, I mean, even though Jesus is God, but he's all God and he's all human. And every once in a while, I believe Jesus got tired and got fed up and, Got disgusted and disappointed, just as all of us do from time to time. And in verse 35, it says, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. I thought that was pretty amazing to know that this is the God who created everything. And if he wanted more workers, he could have created more workers and had them there. But he asked his disciples to pray about a need. Friends, I want to tell you there's a need at Riverside. There's a need here at the Xenia campus for workers. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for your word and, Lord, how it speaks to us. Lord, we know there, Lord, there's so many needs and there's so many responsibilities within the church today, Lord, but, Lord, you've called your people to continue that work. Lord, we're your hands, we're your feet, Lord, we're your voice in this world today. So, Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would just speak to us, Lord, that you would encourage our heart. But most importantly, Father, I pray that you will help us to see our responsibility as the church and as Christian people, Lord. Father, Lord, we've been praying just as the disciples prayed back then for people to go and make a difference into the harvest field, to, Lord, to win souls and to make a difference in this world, Father, and that's a continuous prayer. So, Father, I pray today that you would just speak to our hearts and challenge us. Lord, correct us. And, Lord, help us to respond 
to what you put before us today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Friends, as I look around today, from a day-to-day perspective, I want to tell you, friends, there are so many needs. (laughs) There are so many people that are just hurting and so many people around us that are just Man, looking for something with hope and looking for something that's meaningful and something that will change your life. And I want to tell you, friends, there's not a shortage of needs. Amen. You know, as I look around the Riverside community in the Xenia campus, as I look at the news and I read the newspapers and all I see is hurt and I see pain and I see people searching, but I want to tell you there's not a, a shortage of hurt. But I want to tell you, friends, there's a, so, a shortage of Christian people, huh? willing to step up and willing to continue out the, the work that God has before them. Friends, I ask myself, where is the church? Where are the people that gather on Sunday morning? I, I, think, I think a lot of times, friends, we forget about Monday through Saturday that we are the light of the world, that we are the ones who are going to make a real difference in the world. Guess what? It's not going to happen from any other institution except for God's people and God's church. And a lot of times, friends, we get so sidetracked, we get so invested in this world that we forget our responsibility. We forget our role as the church to continue to do the work of God. I want to tell you, friends, there are some serious needs out there. There are people all around us today. Look at the papers today. There are obituaries and people that have left this world. And I want to tell you, friends, if they left this world without knowing the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, I want to tell you that's a bad ending for them. And it's just not the responsibility of the pastors and the paid staff, but I want to tell you, friends, we all have a role to play in this building of God's kingdom. And just as Jesus back then saw a need, I want to tell you, friends, I see a a great need today. It's about stepping up and making a difference in the world, about getting involved and using your gifts and talents to build the kingdom of God. Not just sitting around and waiting for Jesus to come back, friends. I want to tell you, no, that is not what Jesus wants us to be a part of. I think a lot of times, friends, we get saved. We get into this relationship with Jesus Christ. We begin to get discipled. We come to our Bible studies. We come to our Sunday morning class. And guess what? We forget. We put our life in cruise control. (laughs) But that's not a time to step up, friends. I want to tell you, the day in 2011 is a time to step in and step up and allow you to continue the work of God. It's not that we have to pray, God, show us needs, God, prepare people's hearts. I want to tell you, people's hearts are prepared. Greg, why do you do a search and rescue? I want to tell you, the harvest is ready. Greg, why do you invest in a flag football league? Why do you put up with those guys for nine and ten weeks of their griping and complaining about the rules and about all the football stuff? Why, friends? Because I want to see the harvest come in. I want to make a difference, friends, and whatever it takes. If it's dealing with guys from nine to ten weeks on a flag football, or if it's going out into the community and doing a search and rescue and presenting the gospel to the kids and seeing 181 kids come to the Lord last year, I want to tell you, friends, it's all worth it because the harvest field is ready. And if we're sitting around and waiting for Jesus to come back, friends, I want to tell you so many times we miss the opportunities that God puts before us. Friends, as we look at the examples, as we look at the people in the scriptures, that we really want to get our eyes focused on somebody that we need to model our life after, it's Jesus Christ. And I want us to look at a verse in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. 
This is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus is saying. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our friends, this is God. (laughs) This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords saying, hey, I don't want people just to serve me, but I want to go out and I want to serve the world. I want to make a difference, and I want to go out. Christians, I think sometimes we've got to to remember that. We like to be served. (laughs) We want people to wait on us. That's why we go out to eat. We want people to wait on us hand and foot, (laughs) get our drinks when a drink cup is empty, bring our food and all that stuff. We like to be served, but when it really comes to stepping up, when it really... uh, I mean, it requires us to step up and become uncomfortable and really make a difference. A lot of us step back, and we forget. We need to keep Jesus Christ as our example that he came to be a servant. Friends, it's not about letting the needs go unmet, but it's about allowing others around us to continue uh, not to walk in darkness and hopelessness and going and allowing God and allowing the world to see our light that shines brightly. Amen? Matthew chapter, chapter 28, 19. The Great Commission, we all know this verse very well. Jesus told his disciples something. Jesus was getting ready to ascend up in heaven. He kind of laid some responsibility on them. He told them to go and make disciples into all nations. Go in my authority. Go in my confidence. Go in my power, friends, and make a difference. Get up and go. Friends, I want to tell you, if God was here today, he would say, church, get up and go. Run as fast as you can to all the hurts and all the pangs and all the loss and go and make a difference and share what you believe and really make a difference in this world and stop sitting around and waiting for the opportunity and stop waiting for the harvest to be be ready. I want to tell you, it's already ready. You go to your workplace, I want to tell you, there are needs. Anytime you come here on a Sunday morning, everybody doesn't walk in saved and sanctified and holy. I want to tell you, there are some serious hurts that come in these church doors from Sunday to Sunday. But we check out. Entertain us. Let us sing a song. Let us get fat on God's word. Let's go home, watch football game. But friends, I want to tell you, there's a responsibility. There's a great responsibility that God told his disciple, and then he's telling us today to go, continue out my work, continue to be a worker in my harvest field. Church, are you willing to do that? James chapter 1, verses 22 tells us this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Friends, we know this. We know God requires us to step up. God wants us to be involved in more than just sitting and waiting for God to come back. And we know this, but I want to tell you, friends, if all we do is know it and we don't really practice it, it's all for nothing. I don't need another Bible study, and sometimes, friends, I don't need to sit in another sermon. I know what God requires of me. I know the plans and purposes that God has before me. I know God tells me to go. I know God tells me to be the salt and the light of the world, but it's me getting my butt out of the seat and going, being the worker in the harvest field that sometimes is a problem. 
I assume and I expect that it's going to get done, but I want to tell you, friends, you may be that person for that time to make a difference in that person's life. And friends, if all the Christians decide to check out in this world, I want to tell you, this world would be pretty dark. And if the church forgets their purpose and their responsibility, it's just not to come in here on a Sunday morning. Church doesn't always have to happen here in this building, friends. God doesn't always have to meet us here in this building, friends, but God can meet us at a 7-Eleven. God can meet us down at the bus hub. God can meet us on the streets of Dayton or Xenia as we're going out, and we're going out to the harvest field, and we're really making a difference for Jesus Christ. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to the end of this life and have wasted my life and just went through the motions of being a Christian and and being satisfied with just being saved and being in my own little Christian bubble and being satisfied with teaching Sunday school class and being satisfied with just preaching every once in a while. But I want to make a difference. And friends, I don't care if it's here at Xenia or if it's here at Riverside or wherever it's at or if it's in Guatemala on a mission trip. I want God to use my life because I recognize that the harvest field is ready. And people are praying, just as Jesus asked his disciples to pray, hey, we need some more workers. We need some people to step up and really get involved and really jump in and really do something. Friends, I want to tell you, you may walk around and say, hey, I'm a strong Christian. I've been in church my whole life, 30, 40 years. God's not keeping attendance. But I want to tell you, friends, if your faith is strong and there's no action, according to John chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, I want to tell you, friends, if you have faith and there's no action behind it, your faith is dead. We don't want to talk about that, do we? I want to tell you, friends, if you know all the Bible stories, if you know the Bible from from Genesis to Revelations and you have faith and you pray to move mountains and you pray to get people saved, but there's no action, there's no you getting up and you not going into the harvest field, I want to tell you, friends, your faith is worthless, according to James. Yes, I want to have strong faith, but friends, most importantly, I want to have action to my faith. We are God's hands. We are God's feet. We are God's voice in this world. Jesus is no longer physically walking around in in this world, but guess what? He's working through Pat. He's working through Chris. He's working through Bob. and He's working through John. He's working through us, friends. And we have to remind ourselves. We have to take that responsibility upon ourselves to say, hey, man, we got a role to play in building God's kingdom, Yes, obviously, there's a lot of work that we can't do. God's Holy Spirit has to go out before us. He has to work on people's heart. He has to make the harvest plentiful and ready. And guess what? We just bring it in. You know, whatever that looks like. If that's giving somebody a a meal, some food when they're hungry, guess what? You may have touched that person's heart. You may really get an opportunity to share Jesus with them while they're eating. Hmm. And you may be on the street someday and somebody may come up to you and say, hey, can I get a little bit of money? And that's up to you if you give it or not. But I want to tell you, you may change that person's life by being Jesus to them and looking for that opportunity. You still with me? All right, stay with me. Friends, I look at the needs within the church. 
being a part of serving in your church, serving others, versus always being fed. We come, we get full in God's word, but friends, sometimes it's more than just being fed, but it's about giving and really sacrificing and becoming uncomfortable in our walk. I want to tell you this, friends, sometimes when you're really doing something for God's kingdom, it's going to hurt. And I believe we, as leaders within the church, we've created a culture within the church that's hurting people's spiritual development. We want it to be comfortable. We want the right temperature. We want the pews to be padded. We want plenty of room. That's why we have two services. We don't want anybody close to us. We don't want to get too uncomfortable. We have our coffee bars and all these things for our Christian fellowship and all these things that sometimes just make it way too easy. If we go in the parking lot and somebody's got our parking spot, guess what? We're going to go into the Baptist church down the road. <laughs> but friends, if we're really going to meet the needs and really be that person, that worker, it's going to get uncomfortable. There's going to be a sacrifice. And friends, I believe we've, man, we've made it too easy on people to just come. Yes, we want people to come. We want opportunity to minister to, uh, to them on a Sunday morning. But friends, when it starts getting hard for them, when they're asked to step up, when they're asked to go and do something that may be uncomfortable, what do they do? They leave. And they become very shallow believers. Because they've never taken on that role of being a worker in God's harvest field. You still with me? Amen. When it gets harder, and sometimes, friends, when you have to step up versus always taking, that's when a rubber meets the road. We all have a role to play, friends. I want to tell you in, in Romans 12, 4 through 8, friends, it talks about a body. We're the body. We're the church, but there's many roles to play. There's many functions that need to take place in really making the church the church. And it's just not a select few, but I want to tell you, friends, we're all in this together. We all have a role to play. And, friends, it's not a time to check out, but I want to tell you, friends, it's a time to step in and really allow God to use us to really make a difference here in the Xenia community. I think about our original, uh, you know, our history of where this church started from. And we were a lighthouse. We were a lighthouse in the community of Xenia. Friends, are we still that lighthouse? Are we still making a difference? Are we still making an impact in the city of Xenia? Friends, I want to tell you, yes, we can still be that church. But it's going to take people willing to step up and kind of renewing their dedication and renewing their responsibility of, hey, it's just not about me sitting. It's just not about me being, but it's more about me doing and really being the hands and feet that Jesus wants me to be. First Peter 4, 10 through 11 tells us this. Each one should use whatever gifts he have received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. Friends, I guess what? Listen to this. All of you have gifts. All of you have talents. All of you have a place to serve in building God's church. 
There's no professionals. Friends, that, that excites me to know that God has prepared a place for me to serve with my gifts and my talents. Friends, and I want to tell you sometimes we use it as a cop, cop out. You know, we're asked to serve in areas of ministry, whether it's the children's church, youth, go to Riverside, whatever it takes, and we'll use the excuse, that's not my gift in this. <laughs> Those are not my talents. I'm just not gifted and suitable for that. I want to tell you, friends, there's certain ministries that you don't need a gift in. There's no gifts to clean toilets. <laughs> There's no gifts needed to go and change some baby's diapers in the nursery. <laughs> well, maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe there's some grace that needs to be given in some of those diapers. Friends, there's no gift needed to go work at a fifth quarter and help out Pastor Kyle on a Friday night. It just takes a worker. <laughs> saying, hey, I'm here to make a difference. And friends, you don't know what opportunity is going to open up for you. Friends, if you're praying and you're really stepping up and you're really allowing God to use you and really seeking the face of God and you're allowing God to use your gifts and your talents, friends, I want to tell you, always be prepared to see God do amazing things. When you're willing to step up and step out of your comfort zone and really get in there, friends, we all have the gifts. I want to tell you, friends, let's use them. Friends, it will require sacrifice. I want to tell you, friends, whenever you really get into being a worker, it's going to require you to step up and step in. Making a difference in the world will require sacrifice. I'm, done, I'm just not talking about being busy with religious acti activities, friends, but I'm talking about really making a difference through ministry opportunities. Friends, you may say, I'm too busy to serve the Lord. I have no time to serve, friends. I want to tell you, friends, if you're too busy to serve in God's church, you're way too busy. If you're too busy for God to use you after he saved your life, after all the things God has done for you, friends, I want to tell you, there's something wrong. If you can't make time for God who has given his all for you and, man, to make a way for you to have a relationship with him, friends, I want to tell you, you need to check your life. It's called priorities. And the sad thing is, friends, that the world is getting the best of God's people. And I'm tired of it. I'm seeing people invest in meaningless investments. People give their energies and their resources and all these things sometimes, friends, that wind up being meaningless and pointless. <laughs> and Christian people shouldn't do that, man. Champions 99-2000. Junior high class. Woo-hoo. Man, I bet these students, these basketball players, man, they sacrificed to get this. I mean, man, they invested time. They invested energy. Man, their parents invested time and energy and resources, and, and the coach poured into the players and all these things that sometimes it takes to have a winning team. All the hours of practice and all the people being uncomfortable and all the sacrifices that were made and all the people stepping up to be involved to get this trophy for the 99-2000 junior high basketball team. <laughs> what a great year. Friends, you know where I found this at? In the barn. <laughs> and if you've been around this church any length of time, friends, I want to tell you, you know what gets put in the barn? Stuff nobody wants and junk. 
And this wasn't put in a nice trophy case. This wasn't given to the team for them to cherish. But I want to tell you, friends, that was wasted energy. It was all for nothing. And friends, a lot of times, Christian people, we're investing in worldly trophies. We're giving our all to the things of the world, friends. We're giving it to the soccer teams. We're giving it to the basketball league. And all the time, we're watching all the needs of the church go by. And the harvest field is plentiful, huh? But the workers are few. Friends, if I'm going to invest in something, it's not going to be a worldly trophy, but guess what? It's going to be this. Not in myself, but in a person. <laughs> and making a difference of a changed life. Of using my gifts and my talents to do so. It may not even be my gifts and talents. It may just be me stepping up and saying, count me in. Whatever it takes, I'm willing to do. Are you still with me? Investing in things, friends, sometimes I believe we've got to see the bigger picture. Ephesians 6, 7 tells us this. If we're going to serve, we've got to serve wholeheartedly. Friends, a huge sacrifice to get a trophy. They invested time. They invested all that, friends. But I want to tell you, if you really want to serve God, serve him wholeheartedly. Jump in, man. Give him everything you have. Allow him to use you, to stretch you, to make you uncomfortable, and be willing to give the sacrifice to make a difference. Friends, as I read Matthew 25, 31 through 46, Jesus is separating you know, the pretenders from those that are real, the, the goats, the sheep and the goat. We all know that story. And as I look at this story, as it unfolds, as I understand it, we'll be judged you know, for what we know, but also for what we don't do. Friends, we know to step up. We know to allow God to use our life to invest in God's kingdom, to make a difference in the world. And I think sometimes, friends, we take that so lightly. But according to this verse, there's going to be a separation. And Jesus said, man, if there's somebody that's thirsty, and you don't give them a drink of water in my name, and you've missed that opportunity. If somebody's hungry, man, and they're in need, and you say, be merry and good luck and all that stuff, and you've missed that opportunity, God's saying, we're going to stand before God and have to give account for that. He talks about separating those that are going to go to heaven and those that are going to be separated from him according to that verse. Friends, that's powerful. Huh? And that's not me speaking, but that's what Jesus says we're going to be facing. So I want to tell you, when the harvest is ready, friends, sometimes when the harvest is ready, there's an urgency to get busy, to go into the field. Think about the farmers. You know, when the harvest is ready, the farmers are not sitting around watching TV. Right, Meryl? <laughs> I mean, they're not sitting around making a bologna sandwich and dancing around all that stuff. They're out there day and night, man, working, trying to get that field done. Field's ready. It's plentiful. There are needs within this church, outside of the church, Riverside, Xenia, youth ministry, children's ministry, missions, whatever your, your thing is. There are needs. 
And friends, guess what? We have responsibility. I want to ask you today, will you be an answer to that prayer that Jesus' disciples prayed back then? And he prayed for workers. <laughs> they didn't pr pray for professionals. They didn't pray for all the religious gurus and Pharisees and all the people that are the religious professionals. He just wanted workers. Friends, that's all Jesus is asking for us today. The same, same thing they were dealing with back then, the same thing we're dealing with today, 2011. And guess what? We have responsibility. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that. Will you stand with me? You may be saying today that, you know, I've served and, you know, I've given my time. And I say to myself, I didn't know serving Jesus was like a prison sentence. I didn't know you give your time and that's it. But, friends, I want to tell you, we've got to finish strong. God's put our whole life before us. And there's many needs within our local church. And it takes everybody doing their part to really make this thing really go the way God designed it to go. Yes, it's going to require sacrifice. Not everybody's willing to do that. I know. It's going to be stretching people and making them uncomfortable and sometimes giving their time. I talked to a lady just the other day and I asked her to serve in the ministry. You know what she told me? She's been in church a long time. She said, you know, I would hate to miss a Sunday morning service. Friends, do you really need to be in every service? I'm not saying don't come to church. I'm saying come to church, but it may be a time for you to come to serve versus always being served. Stepping up and stepping in, allowing God to use you, friends, I want to tell you that's God's plan and that's God's purpose for your life. I mean, you get there. I'm telling you, the ride is amazing. Riverside, it's a stretch, man. <laughs> Brings me out of my comfort zone. And a lot of decisions, man, I'm learning. But I want to tell you, the road has been amazing. What a blessing. Every time I've stepped out and I've stepped in new territories and new ministries and allowing God to stretch me, man, whatever the ministry was, I want to tell you, I have grown in my spiritual walk. And friend, the times when I've got lazy, when I've become complacent, that's when I just came and sat. Just being fed. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And I walk out spiritually fat, knowing all these good things and knowing the plan that God has for us as a church, but never really putting that into action. So friends, I want to give you an opportunity today to really seek the Lord. Maybe it's time for you to step up, man. And I know this is a this is a right-in-your-face type of call, man, but I don't feel like we have time to play around. <laughs> we don't have time to beg people to come and be a part of something great of God's kingdom. Friends, you know the responsibility. It's time to step up, man. Simply by saying, hey, count me in. And whatever I can do, if I'm asked to do something, hey, it may be out of my comfort level, but I want to tell you, I'll be willing to do it. I'll be willing to be that person that will invest in somebody's life to really be the worker that brings in the harvest. Maybe you need to pray about it. Maybe you need to ask, ask God to reveal an area of ministry to you. I'm going to give you that opportunity today. So as Eric plays, I'm going to ask you just to come forward. Maybe Riverside's on your mind. Maybe the children's apart. Maybe it's the youth apart. Maybe it's a ministry that hasn't even really been started here at Xenia that you really feel God has led you to be a part of in the future.
I'm going to ask you, church, today, will you step up and be those workers? As Eric prays, I'm going to ask you.